They are the trifecta in my life. They're my parents, my pastors, and my bosses. So I thank them so much for everything that they've implemented in me and my life. And I know that God is just starting here at Kingdom. Ten years, y'all. After ten years, this is abnormal. And this is, this is something that when they came to me and they said, hey, we're going to make a church, I thought these people were crazy. Does not make any sense. We already go to church. Why we need to start one? You know what I mean? That was always my mindset, but God had a greater plan. Amen. And so while they're gone, could we lift them up one more time for our pastors of this house? Love them so much. Also, I want to give a major shout out to my, all of my siblings. My siblings are all scattered around the room and then Stella's upstairs teaching. Can we give them a hand? Praise. Love them so much. And I don't know if you know this, but this is my first Sunday preaching married. I got married back in April to my wife, Devin. Love you so much, sweetheart. Uh, I like to tell people all the time, she's the best thing that's happened to me since the first double-double with cheese I had at In-N-Out Burger. Love her so much. She's, you can, you, it's crazy how when you get married, your life just becomes more blessed. I know that's not good English, but it's just more blessed. It's, it's blessed more. It's more blessed. I'm honored and, and just, just in a whole awe of what God is not only doing in my life, and, but, but what he's doing in your lives. I believe that today is going to be a day that somebody is going to leave here changed. Amen. God is going to step into somebody's life. And, and your situations will be subject to change. So excited. Uh, let's get right into the word. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 1 today. Jonah. Um, we're going to be reading a story that you should have been hearing about since you were a kid in, in, in Sunday school. Uh, Jonah is always a phenomenal character to read about because there's so many different ways that you can tell his story for all kinds of different topics in the ministry. So Jonah chapter 1, if you're there, say amen. If you're not there because you're just going to read it on the screen, say, mm-hmm, lazy. Okay. We're going to be in the New King James Version, uh, Jonah chapter 1. And it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. I love how this scripture mentions that he is going away from the presence of the Lord three times. Um, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. We're going to drop down to verse 8. And then it says, Then they said to him, Please tell us, for what is the cause of this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where are you from? Hide your kids? Hide your wife? What is your country? And what are the people you are from? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land. It's funny how he mentions he made the sea and the dry land. So right when he said he serves the guy that made the sea, so they're like, obviously, you're the problem, homeboy. So, so then it continues on, and they said, what have you done? Why, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them, verse 12, and it says, and he said to them, pick me up, throw me into the sea, and then the sea will become calm for you, for I know 
that this great tempt is, is because of me. Verse 6, 15 says, so they picked up Jonah, they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Verse 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. The title of today's message is Obedience and Opposition. Obedience and Opposition. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, oh God, Lord. I thank you for everyone in this room, Lord. I'm thanking you for the lives that are going to be changed on today, Lord. I'm asking that you use me as just a vessel, Lord God, to, to preach your word to your people. And Lord God, I'm asking that you help the Pittsburgh Steelers beat Cleveland because they suck. And we are struggling, Jesus. Help us get our seventh, seventh ring in Jesus' name. What do we all say? Amen. amen. You got to say amen to that, especially the end. Um, has anybody ever been in a fight before? How many people have been in a fight before? Show of hands. Been in a fight. Good. How many of y'all have won the fight? Fight. Oh, don't lie. Don't lie. It's, you, know, you know you say you tied, you really lost. So if you're telling your kids, oh, we tied, but it was a good one, you lost, okay? Um, as anybody can be honest, have you ever lost a fight before? Be honest. Put it, I'll put it down real quick. Just go like that. Okay, perfect. Um, don't want your kids to see. Okay, listen. The first time I got in a fight was, was a weird situation because it was with my best friend. And, you know, kids will be kids, but I didn't know this back then. And me and him were having a good day, and... I'm probably seven, six, seven years old, and we're playing on the monkey bars, and this dude got frustrated and hit me in my stomach. And so when he hit me, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he hits me again in my face, and I'm like, oh, this is happening. I'm getting beat up, right? And before I know it, he's swinging on me. I, hit the, I fall on the sand on the playground, and he kicks sand in my eyes. And I remember this pain I felt, because when sand goes in your eyes, you feel like the world is over, you're blind forever, you'll never be able to see anything ever again. And so I'm sitting there, I'm crying at this point, and I run home, and when I run home, my mom is not there, okay? You know moms are the comforters. If something goes wrong, you go to your mom. If you're hurt, you go to your mom. If you have an issue, you go to your mom. You know, dads are more for girl problems, and they really don't even help you. They're just like, huh, well, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so... My mom is not there, and I can't see, and I'm, I remember I'm flushing the sand out of my eyes, and I come out the bathroom, and there's my dad. What, what'd you do? What happened? And I'm like, Tommy, Tommy beat me up. The worst thing you could ever say to your father, a name of who did it and beat me up. And so he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, man. Now, mind you, pastor wasn't saved really back then, Okay. So you can smell the 40-ounce on him, right? And he's in a white beater, and he's kind of just standing there like, what happened, right? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm crying, and I'm frustrated. And he's like, dude, where's Tommy? And I'm like, I don't know. He's probably still out there. And in my head, I'm like, I'm not going back out there. <laughs> You're going to do it again, right? And he goes, no, nah, let's go. And so he grabs me by the hand, and he's walking me outside, and I'm trailing him. And, and Tommy's at the playground having a good time. Now, mind you, an hour had passed since this incident. So Tommy's moved on with his day, you know? Tommy's playing with the people in the playground, oh, oh, right? They're playing, having a good time. And so I'm still holding the fence. And my dad looks me in my face. He goes, you need to go over there and beat him up. Go. You better be obedient. <laughs> I 
So I'm looking up at him, and I'm like, I've heard the word obedient before, and when I don't be obedient, I usually get beat. So, so he's, I'm like, now? He's like, go. He's right, go. He's not even looking, right? So, so I'm looking, as I remember walking, looking back at my dad the whole time. And my dad's like, yeah, come on, come on. And I'm like, huh, huh, right? So, <laughs> and so I'm walking towards this kid. He doesn't even see me, and he turns around. Right when he turns around, I slap him. Bow, open hand. Uh, don't know why, it's the first thing that came to my mind, right? Just hit him in the face, and he'll, he'll go on to sleep, right? I slap him, boom! He's like, oh, oh, and he's like angry. So now I'm like, uh-oh, right? So look back at Dad. He's like, let's go. And so at this point, Tommy's rushing me, and I just get to swinging, right? Oh, I'm tearing his head up. Throw a punch or two in there, kick him. He's on the ground, and I kick him again. Dad's like, yeah. So I'm like, he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? So I'm stumping the dude, and then finally I run off because he starts crying, like you can tell like he's really in pain. And dad's like, that's how you do it, let's go, right? <laughs> and so I'm running behind my dad, and there's like kids trying to help Tommy, and I'm like, dang, I just did that. So we get in the house, and I'm thinking, okay, now I'm getting a whooping. So I get in the house, and I'm like, okay, he's gonna be mad because I overdid it a little bit. And we get in the house, dad is like, boy, you were still. You were still. I seen it. You did it, boy. It's in you. And I'm like, I, I, I knew you were my dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the reason why I bring up that whole entire story is funny how you will be obedient to authority even when you don't want to be. There are certain times in our lives where God will tell us to do certain things that we don't want to do. Of course, it's not to the extreme of what happened in my story. But God will tell us to do certain things that we don't want to do just to see if we will do it. Because the one thing we have to understand is, if you are here today and you say, you know what, God has control of my life, you have to be willing to do things that make you feel uncomfortable, that make you feel like you're not, you're not comfortable in your own skin. There's certain things that we have to do to step out on the water, um, step out on a maybe, and say, God, I know you got my back. Lord, I know that if I'm obedient to you, my situation is subject to change. That the enemy, the plans of the attacks of the enemy cannot come forward if I know that if I'm obedient to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, nothing can stop me. Obedience is the way. Look at your neighbor and say, be obedient. Look at the other one and say, you too. So today what we're going to be doing, <laughs> we're going to be talking about three ways to strengthen your obedience. And I don't know if you've ever heard me preach before, but I like to do it quick because I know y'all hungry and I got to stay for another service. So we're going to get done really fast today. But three ways to strengthen your obedience. Number one, you've got to put aside your selfish ways. You have got to put aside your selfish ways. Anytime that thing begins to rise up, because we, in this room everybody has been selfish before, whenever, be, whenever it begins to rise up in our lives, we have to shut that thing down and say, you know what? I'm going to be still and I'm going to wait on the Lord because I know my situation is subject to change if I continue to be obedient. If I continue to show him that I'm not selfish, that I, I, I have a bigger purpose on my life than what the enemy has put on my life. There's certain times in my life, well, certain times since now I've been married and whatnot, that I've noticed I don't like losing fights with my wife. It is not cool. 
And then you're laughing because you, you know. It is it's not cool. There's certain times, there's arguments. Whenever I win, I'll make sure she knows. And I just give her one phrase, one and oh. And I walk off. And when I, like, get away from her where she can't see me, I'm like, ooh, that was clean, right? And it's funny. I've been doing this for, like, the last three, four months. I know it's not all about being one and oh, but I do it because it's funny. Anyway, so and it makes her matter, so it's better. So there's situations where, where me, I don't like being wrong. Sometimes I have issues. Sometimes I'm a very selfish person. And so there's a particular time where I don't, I don't really like to drive. I like just to sit back and ride, listen to the music, maybe take a nap, wake up, text, go on Instagram. You know what I mean? The, the regular things of a human in, a, in, in this, you know, year, 2015. And so one night we're driving and she's like, we got to go way out to Chandler. So I said, you know what, I'm going to be the nice person. You know what, babe, give me the keys. I'm going to drive. Give me the keys, right? I'm going to drive. So she's like, what? All right then. Are you good with navigation? Now... Mind you, I, I know how to work my phone, but when it comes to the Maps app, I'm terrible at putting in addresses and getting to the place where I'm supposed to be. So if you tell me, hey, Zay, we want to go to the Chili's on 35th and Bell, I mean, we, that's the plan. But if we end up at the Chili's and Flagstaff, who cares? You know, it's Chili's. It's the same food. The menu is the same. So this is, this is how I, I live. So... I put in the navigation because she's clowned me before. Like, you terrible. You know you, ain't doing, you know you don't know what you're doing with the maps. And I'm like, first of all, don't talk to me that way, okay? Second of all, so what? So anyway, I put in the address, and we're driving, okay? We're driving. Everything's going good. She's having a good day. I'm letting her text be on Instagram, take a nap and whatnot. And I'm like, man, this feels good. I'm just, you know, you, know, you just feel good when you serve God. You just feel like when you leave church, you feel accomplished. This is how I'm feeling driving. Like, man, I've done my duty as a husband. I'm driving today. This is phenomenal. I should do it often. No. Okay. So we're driving. And as we're driving, things start looking unfamiliar. Now, if I tell her that things are looking unfamiliar, I've lost the fight that hasn't even begun yet. Right? So... In my head, I'm like, Zay, we're cool. We're going to end up there. Use your, use your navigation like skills. So I'm like looking at the sky. The sun is over there in the west. So maybe I'll go a little east. I'll make it. So I'm driving, and things are starting to look unfamiliar. Now we end up in some hood in the East Valley. And I didn't even know they had hoods in the East Valley. So I'm like, okay, this is sketch. This is sketch. Gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. I'm like, okay. Um, you know. All right, we're good, we're good. And so now I know she's catching on because she's looking around. And she rolls down the window and was like, is that weed? <laughs> and so I'm like driving off the gas, right? And I'm, I'm driving and, and so finally I'm like, yo, yo, I don't, I don't know where we are. And she goes, I know. And I'm like, okay, all right. So, so where are we going? Where are we go? So she puts it in her phone, and she's smiling while she's doing it. So this is making me mad. She's like, oh, I'll find it. And she's just smiling. And in my head, I'm like, that's not a smile. That's a smirk of the devil, right? That ain't funny. And so she's, she's putting it in. She's like, okay, we got to do a U-turn. We got to go back 20 miles. And then you go left, and it's right there. And I'm like, cool. 
And so as I'm driving, I'm getting more frustrated because now she's having a good time. She's singing, I don't go chasing. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, she's rubbing it in, right? But I'm keeping cool, but I feel myself getting hot. So I'm like, I got to say something to defend my navigation manhood, right? And so as we're pulling up into the spot, I go, hey, Dev. She's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Can you for once just let me be wrong? I get out the car and walk, and I'm like, that was stupid. That was stupid. That was stu Like, that was the only thing that I could think of to say. And I knew it was stupid because I'm thinking that's going to make a negative reaction. Like, if she gets out the car mad, I won. But she gets out the car weak. <laughs> and so I'm like, that was really dumb. I lost. I lost. So then an hour later, I apologize. I'm like, that was dumb. She's like, I know. I don't know why you said that. She's like, what would make you say that? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm selfish, I got problems, right? And so I look at that situation in life, and one thing we have to understand is sometimes our navigation where we want to go isn't where God wants us to go. Sometimes the plans that we have in our life and, 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 and the, the, thing, the goals and, the, and the, the things that we want to happen in our life doesn't mean anything. Because at the end of the day, if God doesn't have his hand on that thing, it won't work. At the end of the day, if God isn't there to push you into that place, you'll never reach the promised land. So we've got to get rid of our selfish ways. Jonah was in his selfish ways. Reason being, Jonah, the only reason why he didn't want to go to Nineveh is because, number one, Nineveh was a crazy city with about 120,000 people, and they were all Assyrians. Jonah is from Israel. Israelites don't get along with Assyrians. They don't like each other. So basically, God is telling Jonah, you need to go to this place where nobody likes you and they don't like, and, 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 and you don't associate with them, but I want you to preach and teach them God and give them life and have them live everlasting life with me and you in heaven for eternity. That's a hard thing to accomplish. Can you imagine going to somebody that you don't like, some people that you cannot stand because they can't stand you and y'all have beef, and go and tell them about Jesus because you want them to live forever with you in heaven forever, you and that person you hate? Forever? That's a hard thing to do. And so that's why Jonah gets in his selfish ways and decides to go the opposite way. And he ends up paying this price. He gets thrown into a sea and ends up in the belly of a fish. Isn't it funny how when we decide to be disobedient, you land in a sea of trouble? Do you get that? When you decide to be disobedient and go the other way, you will wind up in a sea of trouble. But how many of us know we serve God that is a redeemer and he's a forgiving God, amen? So that's number one, don't be selfish. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be selfish. Look at the other one and say, you too. <laughs> Some of y'all putting significance on the you too. Like, the person you sitting by, you know they got it. you too. Huh. <laughs> Number two, we've got to increase our word intake. We've got to increase our word intake. Isn't it funny how whenever you open up a Bible after a long day, you want to sit there and you might just want to have time with you and Jesus. And as soon as you open up that Bible, the spirit of tiredness comes over your body. The spirit of boredom. Or you open up to Matthew chapter 1 where it's just the Bible talking about baby daddy after baby daddy. And you just be like, yo, how can I put this in my life? Like, that's just God saying you don't need that many baby daddies. That's a whole other subject. 
But I'm just saying, sometimes you open up the Bible and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to bed. I believe that this is the number one trick of the enemy. I work with teenagers, and the one thing that I always tell them is open up your Bible. Say, before you open it, pray. Say, Lord, whatever I'm about to open it up, I'm asking that you help me put this in my life. Open it up. Read one verse. Shut it. Now, obviously, as adults, we got to be more mature than that. If you're at that level, that's okay. We got, it's time to get up, though. We, got, we can't be, like, you can only play level one of Mario for so long before Bowser is bored at the end waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, this is where we have to start. I start with the teenagers by telling them this because I understand I've been in that struggle. Sometimes, yes, when I was 15, 16 years old, reading the Bible wasn't fun. I wasn't leaving school and like, I can't wait to get in my word. You know what I mean? It, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. But it's all about starting somewhere to start to work that faith, to start to work the things that God wants to do for you and your family. It's all about getting in your word to stop generational curses that have occurred in your life. It's all about getting in your word to stop the attacks of the enemy and stop depression in your family and to stop alcoholism and drugs in your family. It's all about getting in the word. Has anybody ever stubbed their toe before? I'm talking like a good stub. Like a stub that will make a church mother cuss everybody out. A, that type of stub. I've stubbed my toe like two, three months ago. I thought it was gone, y'all. Like I had to look and make sure the toe was still there. I stubbed my toe so hard. I'm in the fetal position in my apartment speaking in tongues. <laughs> Barack Obama, shada, shada baba. Right? And I'm, 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 laying, I'm laying in the living room and I'm like, this is so stupid because it's just a toe. This is so dumb. But when you stub your toe, it is... One of the worst feelings in the world. It's not a feeling you get used to. If you can meet somebody who stubs their toe and just keeps on walking like, ooh, that hurt, I'm good. They got issues or they got bad feet. It's one of the two. It's one of the two. Has anybody ever stepped on the thumbtack before? Oh, somebody said, yes. It's one of the worst feelings ever. Most of the time when we stub our toe and we step on things, it's because we don't see it. We don't see them coming. When we don't, we're not stayed up in our word, you can't see the attacks of the enemy starting to brew up in your life. You can't see that. Psalm 119, 105. Let's go there. Psalm 119, 105. This is a scripture that everybody in this room should have heard before. And it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love how it says it's a light. Because when you're walking in a room of darkness, you have no idea what lurks around the corner. You have no idea what's standing in front of you. I dare all of you right now, go home, turn off all the lights in your house, take your shoes off, and run to your room. I mean, don't do it, because that'd be bad. But if you were to do that, imagine what could happen. You know, and you might be like, well, I know my house. Okay, what if your kid just wanted to put a truck there before y'all went to church? You know, and before you know it, you're cussing out the truck and the kid. You know what I mean? When, when you can't see and when you're in a dark place, the enemy begins to creep. The enemy begins to set up attacks, starts putting things that you can stub your toes on. And I'm not talking about your actual toe, but I'm talking about stubbing yourself on depression. Stubbing yourself on alcoholism. Stubbing yourself on, on things that have been dead and gone in your life to resurrect things in your life. 
but it's all about having the word to have that light in front of us so you can see the attacks of the enemy. It's all about having that flashlight in front of us so you can see the attacks of the enemy. And when you can see the attacks of the enemy, you can go, oh, wait a minute, devil, I see you. I see what you're trying to do in my life. I see you trying to brew up this mess. I see you trying to bring things back up. I see you trying to attack my kids. I see you trying to attack my wife, my family. But we serve a God that surpasses all understanding. We serve a God that says that we are more than conquerors. And he only requires little things from us. And one of them is to be obedient. See, Jonah didn't see this. Jonah was just worried about his salvation. He said, I'm good. I'm going back to Tarshish because my girl Shaquita is in Tarshish, and she is bad. And my family's there. That doesn't make sense because Tarshish would then be a side chick. But anyway, listen. <laughs> Jonah wants to go back to what's familiar. He wants to go back home. But God says, you know what? We have another plan. And it's all about following exactly what God wants us to do in our life. There's some people in here right now, and you say, you know what? I know God's calling me to do some things, but I, I, I like doing me. Does anybody just like doing you? You just like doing you. I understand it. As a people, we're selfish. That's just in our blood. Since the beginning of time, ever since Eve, y'all, Eve saw the mango on the tree and said, that looked fire. Knowing that God said, we're not to partake from that tree. The selfish nature that's inside of us. Imagine if we start to build up our faith. Imagine if we start to get into our word. As a collective unit, watch Christianity take over this world. Let religion die and let Jesus live. So we've got to stay in our word. Number three, and this is the last one. We've got to keep in mind God's winning streak. You've got to keep in mind God's winning streak. He has been winning since the beginning of time. We serve an undefeated God. Oh, come on. Y'all ain't, ain't getting hype about that. We serve an undefeated God. Yeah, sure, we, we, we suffer some losses in our life. Yeah, sure, we fall and we stub our toe on certain things. But when you look at the big picture, the man that's behind the plan is undefeated. So if you put your life and if you put your trust in him, you join the winning team. You begin to join that winning team. The craziest thing happened Friday night. The craziest experience I have ever felt been like, this is like right up there with watching Pittsburgh win the Super Bowl and like meeting Jesus. Okay, so look, Friday night, um, my brothers play football at Centennial. Okay, Centennial High School, pretty known for football. We won state championship last year. My brother's the quarterback. And so, of course, we're a football family. If, if you've been around Kingdom long enough, you know it, we're really crazy about football. So, we're playing Hamilton. Now, if you don't know this, Hamilton is known for winning, okay? The last 16 years, since the last 16, since I was eight years old, they have made it to the Final Four. They've won seven state championships. Big school. We have to go into their house and play. So I go online and I go, well, let me see how many teams have beat them on their field in the playoffs. Zero. 
None. Zero. And so I see this stat, and I go, my God in heaven, we need you, Mary, Joseph, Jonah, with his getting swallowed up by the fish self. We need everybody to be there at this game with us because according to the statistics, we have a 0% chance of coming out of this thing in a victory. And so I go into it, and you can put this in your life. You ever gone into a fight like, I don't care what they said, Jesus is the way, he's got my back, we about to make things happen. I walked into that stadium, head held high, like my God against yours, let's go. We score a touchdown first. I said, ain't he good? Ain't he good? Zero percent chance. Ha! Huh. Jesus. Right? So I'm getting all hype. I'm getting excited. Hamilton scores, 7-7. Seven, seven. No big deal. You know, the enemy sometimes be trying to win. It's all good. Then they score again. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then they score again. I said, Lord, you're leaving me. <laughs> then we're starting to get things going. And I'm like, all right, the comeback starts now. We end up fumbling. They get a safety. So they score again. It's 23 to 7. Now, at this point, I'm like, okay, what college is he going to? Because we got to figure this out. You know what I mean? I'm starting to think we got offers. Let's pick this school. I like this school in my head. I like their colors. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going through my head like, we had a good high school career. We got one state championship. You know, we're, we're good. And so, fourth quarter's coming. And there's seven minutes and like 56 seconds left. It's 23 to 7 against Hamilton. They haven't let us score all night. They're playing vicious. They're hyped. They're, they're celebrating all the time. And I'm like, man, this is it. This is it. And so I had my head down, y'all. And I said, Lord, we need your help. Right when I said that, our stands went crazy. I hop up, and one of our kids is running into the end zone. I'm like, what happened? They're like, we scored. And I'm like, Devin, you're my commentator. What happened? She said, we did it. So I'm like, doesn't matter. It's 14 to 23, still a long shot. So I realized, man, the reason why we've been losing is because I've been watching the game. Because as soon as I put my head down, we score. So I said, it's my bad thing. Put my hoodie over my head, and I sat with my head down. Greg was there with my head down for the last six minutes, praying, Lord, you're sovereign. God, you're sovereign. Ha chateau, tibaha. And I'm sitting there. I created my own prayer closet in the bleachers, in the blistering cold of 55 degrees in Arizona. I'm freezing. Jesus, warm me, Jesus. War give me warmth in your presence. I'm being stupid. So look, so I'm sitting there, and I got my hoodie on, and I'm praying, Lord, you're sovereign. You're sovereign, Lord. Before I know it, our crowd goes crazy again. I hop up, and I see another kid catching a pass for us in the end zone with five minutes left. So now it's 21-23. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Devin, what happened? We did it. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, what's this? You're pointing to Jesus. I know he did it, but what happened? And she's like, ah. And I'm like, you're fired. Mom, what happened? <laughs> oh, boy, we ran a bootleg sweep to the left. Touchdown. I said, Mom, you're my new commentator. Devin, you're fired. 
And I think I even said, don't talk to me the rest of the game. <laughs> I got yelled at later. Okay, so I knew, I, yeah, I knew I was in trouble. So then I go back in my prayer closet because obviously when my eyes are closed, God is making it happen. He don't want, see, sometimes the Lord don't want you to see the blessing that he's creating, amen? Sometimes he just wants you to be still and know that he is God. And so I'm sitting there, still in my prayer closet, four minutes left, said, we're good, we're good. Three and out. So now Hamilton's about to punt. I know they're about to punt because I peaked, right? That's a punt. Okay, Lord, you're sovereign. God, you're sovereign. Sovereign you are. And so I hear, hot. I hear the kick, boom, and I heard a pop right after it, pop. And we go crazy. I hop up, and I see the football rolling to our end zone fast. It's rolling fast. When I tell y'all this ball stopped, I'm not, the people in the front row were there. This was an act of God. The ball was rolling fast and stopped at the back of the end zone, and one of our kids dives on it, and it's a touchdown. <laughs> It was like Jesus saw the ball coming and was just like, nope. <laughs> and then he went back up to heaven. Not even playing. I seen him. Okay. <laughs> and so, so it's 27-23. A minute and some change left. It's not over yet. So I would do as every humbly servant would do before the Lord. I stay in my prayer closet. Lord, you're sovereign. There's still a minute left. You're sovereign. And I'm staying in my prayer closet. We get a three and out. We get the ball back. So now all we need is one first down to end the game, okay? They, it's third and 12. All their timeouts are gone. We, 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 we got to get another first down so they don't get the ball back because they're a good team. If they get it back in five seconds, they have a shot to score. So I'm in my prayer closet. You're sovereign, Lord. We need a first down, Lord right? And something tells me, you need to watch this play. So I take my hoodie off, and I'm like, oh, I'm yelling, right? And I'm sitting there like, you know, excited. So Isaac gets the snap, and it's a run. And I'm like, what are we doing? It's third and 12. And he's running, and as he's running, there's a cluster of people. So I'm like, dang. And out of nowhere, this thing opens up as wide as this row. You know what I mean? It was Moses had his staff <laughs> in the midst of these high school players. He said, ah, right? This hole opens up and Isaac runs through it 40 yards, touchdown. <laughs> so <laughs> he scores. Mariah's crying, Stella's crying. My mom's like, ah. Pastor is like five rows up hugging strangers. Ah! And I'm like, Dad, what you doing? He's, ah! He was hugging people that didn't want to be hugged. They like looking at him. <laughs> They're like, look, who is this dude? Ah! And so I end up being like, I got to be on the field. We're taking a knee. I got to go on the field. There's popo everywhere. But I'm like, I'm black. So I ran the other way. Hopped over the fence, get on the field, 
and you can see this glory cloud above the grass. Has anybody seen a glory cloud before? Like, you've been in a place where the spirit is heavy, and you look up, and it's kind of foggy. Like, I know we have, like, actual fog, but you know it's different fog because it's Jesus fog. And so I'm sitting there on the grass, and I'm like, yo, the Lord is here. Not in, like, I'm not trying to be weird, people, but I'm telling y'all, when I tell you this was a spiritual thing that happened, like, like I said, I know we're crazy about football, but this was spiritual. Because stuff like that does not happen. We scored 27 points in seven minutes. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And so I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. The Bible says when Jonah gets swallowed up by this fish, he begins to pray in his dark place. No one he's down and out. He begins to pray, Lord, if you get me out of here, I'll go to Nineveh. Then the Bible continues on and says that the fish vomited him out on the beach. And the Bible says that a three-day trip that it was supposed to take to Nineveh, it took him one day to get there. That'll preach. There's certain things that we've done as humans that are silly, don't make any sense. You've blatantly went against the word of God. You have blatantly served in a different area of your life. You've blatantly made some crazy mistakes. But as soon as you give your life right back to Jesus, as soon as you start to become obedient, he will accelerate the blessing that you had waiting at the end anyway. Oh, you're not hearing me on today. Come on now, we serve a God that will accelerate your blessing for all the time that you've spent out there wasting time because he's no respecter of person. Come on, we serve a God that is there for us no matter what. We serve a God that is there for us in the time of need. We serve a God that knows we mess up, that knows we make mistakes, but says, you know what, I'm going to help my son. I'm going to help my daughter anyway because it doesn't matter. Because I died on the cross for his sins 2,000 years ago. I knew you were going to make those mistakes, but we serve a good God. Amen? We serve a good God. And it's funny how as soon as Jonah gets out the belly of the, of the fish, he, he immediately goes to Nineveh. As soon as we get out of that, that dark hole of a losing of the, of the, of the, of the scoreboard and we, we win, I want to just be on the field. I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be on the grass. That's exactly how we are when we're down and out in our lives. Come on now, when we're in a pit, as soon as you get out, isn't it all you want to be is just to be in the presence of God? Just to feel his spirit. Just to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I didn't deserve this. Come on, has he done some things for you that you didn't deserve? We serve a good God. With that being said, let's all get on our feet on today. Can we all stand? If you're here today and you say, you know what?